Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Daniel chapter 4 from verse 34 to 37. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Verse 37, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. Those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus that by the power of your Holy Spirit, your word may be written in the very tablets of our hearts, that we might know it, that it might transform us, and that we might never sin against you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. So guys, um, if you follow us on social media, Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you will notice that this month, and the previous month, there are months we've called um, the season of gratitude. Last month, we talked about the book of Psalms, and we took four Psalms. We took Psalms 136, Psalms 100, Psalms 95, and Psalms 75, just to talk about the thanksgiving, to, to talk about thanksgiving, what it means, how it looks like, how it shows itself in our lives, how our, how our hearts are supposed to respond in terms of thanksgiving. And if you've not listened to them yet, they're on our social media handles. Um, we're on Anchor FM. There is a, it's a podcast pl platform. And so just look to it and you'll find it. So um, today I want us to talk about Nebuchadnezzar. You know Nebuchadnezzar, right? To Meskia. Sunday school. Good. So if you know the story of Nebuchadnezzar, his story is found in the Old Testament. This guy, um, he shows up at a very difficult time for the Israelites. The Israelites are becoming bad boys. God is talking to them and they are doing what they want to do. God is speaking so powerfully into these guys' lives. He started all the way with Abraham, their father. And he comes down to Moses and Angelesha through prophets. And when they can't hear God, God is like, okay, now I have had enough. So he sends an army, he calls it an army from the north. And this army comes in, the Babylonian army, and takes the children of Israel into captivity. If you know the story, all the way from the end of the book of Kings, the end of the book of Chronicles, and the prophets. Now, to figure out Daniel, his story is explained very well. He was mighty. If you think about superpowers and what they are today, that was Babylon back in the day. And Nebuchadnezzar is the head. His name actually means one who is a god in Babylon. Can you imagine that? Jamal ikona jengalia. How many of us jinazao zikona kamungu ndani? As in, kikuangalia. It's difficult. Eh? This guy, okay, it wasn't Jehovah, 
But his name, you can imagine when the parent named him, and that is how he carried himself. This guy conquered Assyria. If you know the story of Jonah, remember Jonah, right? Jonah is the guy who God sent to go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. Babylon conquered Assyria. So this guy conquered those guys that God was sending Jonah to. And so when he conquers them, there's something that happens in this guy's life, which I want to quickly go through in the next few minutes. I will, I will push our time kidogo to Bastokalisha Sana. When the book of Daniel begins, if you remember the book of Daniel, it begins with the story of how the young men are brought into Babylon. Now they are told, hey, you are supposed to eat like this. This is what you're supposed to do. And then Daniel is like, uh-uh. See, see, we know what we want. We cannot um, mess up ourselves and our bodies by eating each akulambaya. And so we notice there's a group of men here who are against the flow of what this king and this kingdom is all about. But then let's stick to Nebuchadnezzar. That's, what, that's who I want us to talk about today. So Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2 has a dream, remember? He has a dream and he's like, hey, this thing is troubling. When you read the book of Daniel, it says it so troubles his heart that he can't even sleep at night. So he wakes up in the morning. He tells his boys, I had a dream. I need you to tell me what dream it was and then interpret. Otherwise, you're dead. What kind of king is that, Buana? He knows the dream, but Anawambia, you better tell me what it was. Otherwise, you are all dead. Daniel gets to hear of this threat. Then he's like, hey, hey, boss, you don't need to kill. You don't need to kill the people. There's a God that I know that knows everything. You know the story, he goes, talks to God. God gives him the interpretation. And then he comes and tells him, hey, Buddha, this is what you dreamt about. And we know the story. He dreamt about a statue that had a head of gold, a bust of silver, a mule of brass, and feet, and then ukochini clay. He tells the king, you are the head of gold. But as the dream was, there is a, a rock that is going to come from a mountain somewhere and crush the feet, and the whole statue is going to fall down. God anangelesha Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar does not know the God of Israel. He's a pagan. He has no clue who this guy is. But as you know, if you read the Old Testament enough times, God, even in the book of Joel and Atwambia, that is the God that sent the army of the locusts. So he's the same God who allowed this Nebuchadnezzar to come and overtake and take his people into captivity. That's the first time we experience Nebuchadnezzar with God. God is already speaking to this man. Even in his power, he is the head almost of the whole world. And God is trying to speak to this guy. And he hears him because at the end of that experience, he actually says, hey, we need to respect the God of Daniel because he is the one who knows what I was The second time though, we experience Nebuchadnezzar in this space with God is the time that uh, 
No, the, the third time, he has another dream as well. The second time, we experience him, the statue, remember? Immediately after chapter 2, in chapter 3, he makes a statue. A statue so big, that it almost me in my eyes, it looks like the statue he saw in his dream. Now this Monaume makes this statue, and then comes before the people, and tells them, you must bow down. When now we are unveiling the statue, music will be played, and then everybody must bow down. Remember the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Or like my son calls them, issues. <laughs> we must encourage these children of ours. And so these boys say, uh uh, we are not going to bow. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar is like, Are these guys for real? Do they know who I am? He commands that the furnace be heated seven times over. They come in, they are put in, and they don't die. Nebuchadnezzar actually sees a fourth man. If you read the stories very well, it is him who actually sees the fourth man. And then the rest are like, Hiya. God is still speaking to this king of Babylon. Somebody who has no clue who the God of heaven is. I'm a mourner in chapter 2. He's seeing him again in chapter 3. And this is the time he actually almost is starting to, to tell Hiya. There's something about this God. But nothing still happens in his life. Because in chapter 4, the one that we just read, he gives us a glimpse into the final moment he has with God. And he begins it by telling us that he had another dream after the dream in chapter 2. But this dream this time was of a tree, a giant, humongous, great tree. And this tree was shade for human beings. It was shelter for animals. But then for some reason, a being came from the clouds and destroyed it. And then Akauliza, okay, what's the meaning? Daniel again tells him the translation. Anamombia, um, say, with all due respect, this tree is you. God is telling you that he's going to put you down. He won't destroy you forever, but atakueka chini. He's going to make you forget yourself. And for seven years, you will walk like the beasts of the forest. And it happens. But the beauty of the end of that story is at the end of that, Nebuchadnezzar receives his sanity back. And at the end of his life, this is what I love about his story, at the end of his life, he can see God. His mind can fathom him. He can understand who this guy is. To the point, he's saying that, Haya, wait a minute. Kumbe, the dominion of Jehovah is greater than mine. Everything about him is greater than everything about us. My first question to us, or what I see, before I even get to the questions, Nebuchadnezzar had so much power and wealth, but never attributed any of it to God. His name meant a God. So he never actually saw that there was somebody else greater than him. One of the things that I really enjoy about the life of this guy is he was bold in who he was. He knew exactly who he was. He was a king of Babylon. Then he knew what he had to do. He had to conquer nations. 
they had to be the power that people listened to. But the side story to that is he never attributed God to any of that. Even despite God showing himself to him. Are you at a place in your life, am, have you ever gotten to a place where you know exactly what God is doing in your life? You can see it. And especially for us here in Africa, it's so easy. We've had our forefathers talk about it. We've had people on news, on radio. We hear God everywhere. Have you attributed the space that you're in to God? Because in gratitude, one of the things we must do is acknowledge that whatever space we are in, it is God who has allowed. Whether the good or the bad, we must acknowledge. Have you gotten to the space, like I've gotten to even this past week, where it was so hard? There's a point I remember I tried praying and I was like, ooh, me, I can't. I called my boys, Omba, are you there? Where you've not acknowledged the space that you're in, God knows. He is all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowledge. He's everywhere. He's in every space. But do you acknowledge that even right now and where you are, God knows? It's not... See, he's in shock. Yeah. Food poisoning. Angels. <laughs> he is all-knowing. Do you acknowledge that? Number two, despite God showing himself to Nebuchadnezzar many times in the revelation of his dream, it, he never changed his ways fully to God. We've seen chapter two of Daniel, God Alimonyesha. God is like, he's reaching out to this guy's soul. Pole pole. Even the position you have, where I've allowed you to overtake, overpower nations, that's me. But he's not seeing. Has God revealed himself to you in this season? And me, he, he did. Even last week, he did. These seven months, I can tell. One of us here, he's shy, so I will not point any fingers. There is a, a cousin that he has that is disabled. We went and prayed for this cousin. I've seen him even before and after COVID. Now I'm the testimony that the cousin got healed after that day. So, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a good round of applause. So, despite all that's happening in my life and in the life of the church and in the life of my wife or my uncle, God is still showing himself faithful in this brother's life. Are you able to see God's faithfulness in your life? And if not in your life, maybe you're going to say, Are you able to see it in the lives of others? How many times has he showed himself to you? There are many. Waking up in the morning, one of the things I normally say, Waking up in the morning is an act of God. I'll say it again. Waking up in the morning is an act of God. We are so used to it, Baka, we assume it is a right. It's almost as if I am supposed to wake up in the morning. That is God's grace and favor of our lives. No wonder the Bible says, 
His masses are new every morning. When you wake up, if you do not say thank you Lord for your mercy, there's a problem. You're almost assuming is you woke up because you can wake up. Who can explain sleep? Bado. Nebuchadnezzar saw God many times, but he never changed his heart. He saw God acting in the lives of the Hebrew boys. He saw God interpreting his dream that he had no understanding of. Have you been in a situation that unaona this, this was the Lord. There is nobody else that can do this. Or somebody, God uses somebody to do something that you had no clue they would do. If you cannot see that there is a problem, one of the most beautiful things about a heart that is full of gratitude is a heart that can see the works of God. Can you see and praise him for it? Because once you see it, one of the things you normally say is, oh, Jehovah. That is praising him. Remember when Adam saw Eve? Single people, I'm sorry. As in, hey, <laughs> Mike. When Adam saw, saw Eve, after. remember how he exclaimed. He said, woman. This guy was so shocked. He said, that is praising God. Have you ever seen, do, do you know how, how men we do it? There's a brother of men who is going to go to I was praising that. I was glorifying that. God expects us to do that. When you see him in action, you know that Kenyan attitude. Somebody tells you something amazing, you have something better to tell him. You are have you ever been to Dubai? I mean, she and Doko Marakumi. Ay, boss. Come on. I'm giving thanks, Buana. Me, Nilienda na favor. You know, you know those guys? Me, Unibo. God is the same. When you see him in action, you better glorify him. This Mwanaume refused. Second time, two times, powerful in his life. And then finally, because he wasn't learning, Nebuchadnezzar. God had to show him who God was by making him like a wild beast and restoring him after seven years. God had enough. One of the things I've come to realize with Jehovah is you must see him. You must. Ananka choice. He doesn't give you a choice in that. If you choose not to see him, he will make you see him. And in making you see him, unfortunately, what I've come to see, especially through scripture and through life, it's not in the best of places. Do you remember the prophet who was on a donkey and could not see the angel of God? Remember Balaam? Balaam and Balak. Hmm. He was on a donkey. I'm a donkey. Hey, I've been in those places. Umiamka tu asubuhi na hata hujasema thank you Jehovah. Unafika mahali inakuhit ID uliacha kwa nyumba. And where you going you need your ID. This guy never saw the angel of God. And he was standing right there with a sword. If the donkey never stopped, Ujamaa was going to die. Many times in scripture, 
God will force you to see him because he loves you. Many times I look at my kids. Sasa lumo nililia ka chocolate ama ka something nice. Na anachukua tu kama amekimbia huko huko. thank you. Parents you know what I mean. Even those who have two cousins. Umengangana umeenda kwa duka umetembea nini? We went bought something nice. Then nakuja na pair then ati anakimbia tu ati. Nasema sikuna next time. And if you know them well Uh, there, there can be conversations of, of sorts. There's no difference with Jehovah. God expects us. He expects you to say thank you. He expects you to see him in your life. Whether you can see him or not, that's the, that's the difficult bit. Whether you acknowledge him or not, we must see Jehovah. We must. Nebuchadnezzar refused to see him. I say refuse because God openly showed himself to him. Jamaa kumuona. And because of that, God chose to do what he did in his life. His was seven years. Can you imagine seven years of being wild? He lost his kingdom. I don't know whether he had a wife. Maybe he had like Solomon, a thousand. Now they didn't know him. He disappeared. His nails grew. His speech went he was a wild animal for seven years just to prove to him who jehovah was let's not allow ourselves to get to that space where we've refused to see god in our lives to the point now he takes over let's see god let's recognize god are we going to recognize god are we going to recognize god before we leave guys My question for us today is do you recognize God in your life and in the lives of others? Can you see him? Can you see him in this difficult season? This covid season. There's moments to be honest, I've struggled to see him. But he's still the sovereign God that he is. One of the things I say, I don't go telling my wife, my wife atani nyerosha, mkimwambia hii. You know your few so I know who's here. Irosh pale nyuma naona eh so ikiponyoka hapa i know who to ask what are the things i i understand now from scripture job and king solomon said it is better for us not to be born it's in scripture i never used to understand that until i understood being born again and living in the lord and then you die because paul said to die for me is gain especially if you know him if you do not And so this season there's moments I was like Jehovah I understand because it's been difficult not just for myself for many you see to the families that are going through difficulty and you're like Jehovah come through some are in such hard places even financially baka you're like who but can you still see him because we must God is still on our side One of the things I love about Jehovah is the only reason evil cannot do too much is because of the spirit of God. Remember in the book of Genesis it begins by saying that the spirit of God was hovering upon the waters. It has never stopped hovering. It is still on earth. It's will it's in our hearts. It is said that at the end of time the spirit of God will be taken up when the Lord goes up in rapture. 
then tribulation will come. COVID is not even close to the tribulation that will come after Jesus takes his people home. So God is still good to us, guys. Can you see him in your life or in the lives of those close to you? Or even from afar, can you see the Lord? In this season of gratitude, we have to be people that are content with whatever situation God has allowed. We have to be. First Thessalonians 5.18 We must give thanks in all circumstances. For This is the will of Christ Jesus for us. We must give thanks. We must. It's not easy, especially if this has hit you very close. But we must give thanks. Are you giving thanks? Are you thankful in this season? And finally, do you know the reason? If maybe you are the place where you're like, ah, uh -uh, imagine, um, but see, you're not getting it. Me, me, uh, me, he, he seeing God he is too much. Okay, what's your reason? Why? And I know that's a very tough question. Why, why won't you praise him? He's done so much. He's allowed us to see this time. Most of us would have died when we were kids. My sister, my sister I remember, I was told by my mom the other day, that she was almost stolen by one of our house helps. That day, for some reason, uh, my dad had this weird feeling that he had to come home. So stopped everything at work. Now, we lived in Dandora. His job was in Jogorod. He stopped and just came. And just before this lady left with my sister, my dad entered the house. What's your reason? Why can't you give him thanks? Why can't you praise him? He's allowed us to still even have water to drink. What's the issue? Because last week I had reasons. Ah, me had major reasons. Hey, Jehovah. I've been sick the whole week. My wife was almost killed by a mob of guys. I had reasons. But Jehovah is still like, okay, um, any other reason? God deserves. Is it pride in our lives? You know what? From now on, it's just me, myself, and I. Mimi, I'm not, I know what I'm going to do. I know how I'm going to do this. And I talk up and I'll do. I'm not going to depend on this Jehovah anymore. I'm already disappointed enough times. That's, that's pride. That's your heart saying, uh -uh. that God, that Nebuchadnezzar name God is in your heart. Is it that? What is it? Fear. What is it that is making you not give God the praise? Because like you've seen, we must give him the praise. We must. Paul said in Philippians 3.10 that his desire was that he wants to know Christ. To know him. Paul. Remember Paul? who was almost killed a thousand and one times. To know him in the power of his resurrection. Philippians 3.10. But not just in the power of his resurrection, but also in his suffering. The suffering of the Son of God. To know him in the power 
and in the suffering. God is the power. But he was born in a manger. If we choose to know God, we must accept his power over our lives. But we must accept the suffering that he allows in our lives. That is the most painful bit. Last week, especially Tuesday, I remember I was in the house, Nikaivin Kisema, India church planting, Jehovah. India kuitua, ay, sinezaka. We must know God in the power of his resurrection and in the suffering that he experienced, even to death. Which space of life are you right now? Some of us, we are experiencing the power of God. Salary kukatwa. But they believe it or not, Nairobi Chapel guys were there. I remember most churches, that's what they are saying. But I know most businesses, that's not what, what, what happened. I have a friend who's shut down his business completely. We cannot just know God in the power of his resurrection. We must know him in his suffering as well. Which space are we in? Do you just want to know the God of glory who resides in heaven? Or can you also have time for the carpenter's son? The one people rejected. Can you imagine there's a point in Jesus' life that what will you that? Can you imagine that? Jesus, the son of God. Yes, in the we know you, Bana. Jesus is the same guy who was rejected before he died. Mark, we are told, Mark, John Mark, the writer of the book of Mark, ran away naked when they caught Christ at the Garden of Gethsemane. It says so at the end of the book of Mark. Peter denied him. So where are we? Do you just want to know the God of glory? Or do you also not, not mind the suffering Savior? Nebuchadnezzar never knew any of those. Yeah, Kwanzaa, I connect Sanan the God of glory. He was the king of Babylon. The beauty of his life, though, is at the end of his life, after suffering, he, he knew the God of heaven. My prayer for us in this season is that we may see him. It's not easy. It is the most difficult thing to see God in your suffering. But if you remember how he suffered, how he went through for us, how they spit on him, how they beat him, the king of heaven, was man for 33 years. Man. This is like Nebuchadnezzar, but Mtukawaida for 33 years. And then died a miserable death. He was actually crucified naked. The God of heaven was crucified between two thieves. Ah, then Tratoboa COVID. We'll make it. We'll make it through whatever suffering he allows. Not just in the nation, 
but in our lives. All we need to do is trust him. We must see him consistently. We can never quit on seeing the Lord. It may be difficult, but we must choose to see him.